everybody, welcome to another Savage Gentleman podcast. I've got the illustrious Matt Boudreaux here, and we're, we're doing something a little bit different. This is going to get turned into an article for Chest Magazine, and this is a new venture from our buddies Jack Donovan and Tanner Guzzi, and this will be a print format that's going to go out, and you'll get kind of the highlights. We'll, we'll explore some of these things in depth in depth and written form, but we're also going to do a podcast and have an interview so you guys can listen to it as well. Um, Matt, as you know, people consume information and learn through a number of means, sometimes uh, auditorily, sometimes through written word. So Matt, welcome, man. Really, really happy to have you here. Brother, it's, the honor is absolutely mine, man. Anytime I get to connect with you is a good day and I uh, appreciate you having me, man. Matt does a lot of cool things. He's got a very interesting story. We have a lot in common, actually, which was which was fun. Um, I, I was honored to come on and be a part of what you were doing and, and chat with some of the young men that you were teaching and helping to mold into um, what we both like to call savage gentlemen. Um, because apparently great minds think alike. And so that was a, you know, obviously that's a term that, that we use. It's something that you've been referring to as your young, um, what, what age group are you predominantly working with? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the schools were K through 12 and then the, the young men that we've got in our mentorship program, I think the youngest one is about 11 or 12 and the oldest one right now is 22, 23, somewhere in there. Okay. And so you've got a background in education and you're, you're, been, you've been working with these kids and you'll bring guys, um, some that are really, really influential, sometimes maybe not so much, you know, you got to scrape the bottom of the barrel occasionally and bring guys like me on, which is fine. You know, you got to do what you got to do, but, but, you know, really great conversation with these young men. Um, the questions that they were asking, uh, you know, obviously you guys are, are leading them down the right, right path. What, what kind of spurred that on? So, I mean, you know, you're a teacher by trade and then, you know, how did we get to where we are now? Yeah. So, I mean, the, you know, education in general, like you said, I've been in education for a long time and I've gotten to, to do the full, full gamut. So public school teacher, public school admin, private school teacher, private school admin, you know, was out of Stanford for a long time and worked with universities all over the country. So I've gotten to kind of see the, the, the full range, the full game, which is why I left all of it to start the schools uh, that, that we start now. Um, but even, with the, you know, within the context of the schools we have, which I fully believe are the best schools on the planet, um, we run it like an organization, as we should. And it's, you know, young men and young women, K through 12, and it's it's phenomenal. Even within that, though, culturally speaking, we're still missing that agogi, right, so to speak, that, um, you know, that cultural tradition of good men pouring into young men and providing those uh, rites of passage for those young guys to to become men and to become leaders, and um, that's what I ultimately went to Tim with, of course. And you know, I went to Tim Kennedy, his buddy of mine, and just went, "Hey, man, this is this is something that's missing. I think there's something here. I think there's something we can do um, outside of just building these schools. I think there's something we can just focus a little more." Um, and so that's really kind of how it was born, and started kicking around the idea of, "Okay, well, how can we do that, and how can we really, you know, get." get in front of young men all over the world, not just in our country, but just mm -hmm. all over the world and, and good men pouring into these guys. So yeah, we've been lucky enough to, um, you know, we put together this 12 month program, uh, which is great. And they got these projects, they've got these challenges, they got workouts, they've got books, they've got Socratic discussions, they've got all of these things, but we've been lucky enough to also bring in, you know, a new mentor every single week and, and just every single one of these guys has been stellar. You know, you, of course, have had Jack, um, you know, we have Brian Callen, uh, Ian Smith, Zuby, obviously Tim mm -hmm. jumps in there. We just had Jason Kalipa, Tony Blauer. I mean, we're talking just who's who of just good men who, as Jack says, are good at being men too. Mm -hmm. um, just pouring into these young guys. And, and, you know, you saw it, you saw it for yourself. These young guys are, um, they're choosing to be different from their peers. So, you know, getting to work with them and serve them, dude, nothing better. Yeah, I mean, it's really powerful and, and very necessary. And, and for those that may be unfamiliar, the, the concept of agoji um, is, is borrowed from the rite of passage that the Spartans went through, if I'm not mistaken. And so 
and, and and sadly we don't have anything remotely like that these days. I I would say maybe the closest uh, would be maybe kids who wrestle in high school. Kind of there, there's a bit of a crucible there. Obviously, for our for our um, men and women who go through go through basic training and into the military, there's there's that's you know a bit of a coming of age I think as well. But we don't really have like a universally agreed upon standard, and you know clearly that's a bit of a problem. You know we don't have that. Okay, here you are now an adult. You are now a, a full fledged man step into that and go forth and multiply or whatever, you know. Right. Well, dude, and we all suffer because of that, you know? I mean, that's the reality of it is society suffers because of that because we have, you know, we have this delayed adulthood that is now onset in in our country, you know. I I I run these schools, we've got this program, um and it's phenomenal. It's my life's work, it's my mission, it's my purpose. All all of that really good stuff. I make my money consulting with organizations, consulting with Fortune 500s around the world. And I've gotten to consult with some of the best leaders and top organizations over these past six or seven years. And that is what I get brought in for is I'm coming in and they're going, hey, by the way, we've got all these young guys. They uh, they just graduated from Harvard, from Stanford, from MIT. Matt, they're way smarter than you, dude, but uh, they suck and we want to get rid of all of them. Yeah. yeah right? Like we, mm-hmm. we do we have to lower our standards as an organization um, because they know how to play school, maybe. But that's it. There's no, you know, uh, and again, generalization. Obviously, there are some amazing young people who are coming out doing amazing things. But from a generalized purpose, these organizations are going, look, we don't see the same work ethic. We don't see the same character. We don't see the same onus. Um, you know, and, and pride of work and, um, you know, the military has brought me in a number of occasions that are going, man, do we have to lower our standards, you know, mm-hmm. even through training? I mean, these are real conversations that are taking place because we are lowering the bar so much for young people in general, but really for our young men, um, we are castrating them early and often and they're over medicated and they're over entertained. And there's, you know, there's a number of things that I think we're doing that are really, it's setting all of us up for a harder road ahead. So whatever we can do to just get a little bit back on track, man, that's the goal. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think one of the things too is that, you know, they're over fill in the blank. They're also under challenged, I think, in, in, in the ways that young men need to be challenged. You know, uh, we, yeah, sure. I mean, it, listen, I, I went through the public school system. I grew up as, you know, a kid in America and, Every kid faces certain challenges, but, you know, the way the system, as it were, is set up, uh, they're not really creating the ones that we need. And, and, and I'll reference wrestling again, where, man, I probably learned more through athletics than I did anything, you know, in terms of life lessons, um, than I did in any kind of the, the academia that I, that I was a part of. And, and that's a problem. So, you know, I, I can't say that, that public schools are necessarily all bad. There is some good and there's a lot of a lot of amazing, very passionate teachers out there. You know, to, to, to say that the pub, public school system is, is failing or insufficient is not a knock on the good teachers that are out there. So, I, you know, I want to make sure because I was one. Of, I mean, I was a teacher as well. I mean, that's one of the many things that you and I have in common is, you know, I went to school to be, to become a teacher. And I taught for a number of years and I quickly realized like, oh, this isn't for me. I, I don't belong here. And I'm not going to last very long in this setting because of the way um, it's been constructed. And so, you know, just like yourself, I got out of it and th- found other avenues to sow into the lives of other, of other people, other men. Um, and that was mostly through teaching mixed martial arts, coaching in that facet. Um, and then with Savage Gentlemen, obviously there's a there's a mentorship component to that as well. And so, yeah, I mean it, it's definitely a problem. So, obviously, what you guys are offering is part of the solution. So you've got your online. Um, yeah, this this is, and I want to. I just want to touch on something that you said real quick too. You're right. I mean, I want to be very very clear. I am so pro teacher and administrator, right? I mean, like you said, so many good folks. That are out there hustling. The, the issue is is this system that is 
been defined more and more and more by all of these cultural other phenomenons, right? And so you're right, athletics for most of our young men, they're going to learn more applicable, transferable life skills, I believe, in athletics than they are, you know, in our schools now. And everybody's, well, what about socialization? And, and that's, you know, I think you got these weird, uh, you and I aren't the exact same age, right? But in school, we would have been, I think I'm old. I think I'm a, a little bit older than you. So automatically, right. Theoretically, you're supposed to revere me. I'm supposed to look down on you. Anybody that's older than me, I'm supposed to revere them. You're right. I only associate with people who are, you know, my, my same, you know, start date, you know, my, my yeah. same age. And, and that creates these weird false social constructs and these false hierarchies. It's not unlike what you see happen in prison because everybody's posturing for, for, for power and for a voice. And so that, you know, that's a big part of where that stops. So, you know, the system itself, and again, the focus early on, on, well, it's gotta be academia and follow directions. So if you got a squirrely young five-year-old and they go, oh, okay, well, we have, we're going to make a label for this guy. We're going to say he's behind. We're going to medicate him, you know, early, uh, and get this guy on something. It's a hot mess. And then you've got parents who are parenting less effectively. You've got, um, you know, the culture that, that is pouring in and telling these young guys to, to, to stay on the soft side, to not take risks, to not take any, take on any challenges. Young men aren't getting their driver's licenses anymore um, at 16 because they don't really? care. It's a huge trend, man. They don't care as much about their sense of, there was a sense of freedom, right? I got my license. Oh my today. gosh. I, I was chomping at the bit. Hell yes. I, Hell was, yeah. I mean, I don't know how many times I like, probably drove what I shouldn't have unbeknownst to my parents. You know what I mean? It took a risk and like, Hey, I'm going to go up the road and, you know, drive to this fishing hole. Cause it's too far for me to walk. And you know, nobody's home. Not, not that I'm trying to encourage uh, delinquency and, 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 you know, kids getting themselves in trouble. But at the same time, like it's, it's kind of part of it. It's kind dude. It's kind of part. My dad was in law enforcement, man. I remember being 14 years old and him going, Hey, shit, I got to take your car. I also got to take your stepmom's car over here. Nobody, you know what? You're just going to have to drive that. Just follow behind me, man. Just we're going to go <laughs> We're just figuring out as you go. We're going to go some yeah. back roads. Yeah. You know, my dad's a cop and he's like, let's go. Right. So there's these, this sense of adventure. And now parents are like, Hey, don't you dare go out in the front yard by yourself. Cause somebody's mm -hmm. going to call CPS because yeah. you're chilling in the front yard. Right. So all these weird little culture and it's been a slow boil, man, but it's gotten us to these areas where, you know, it's where we're kind of where we are now. And it's that. There's so many, so many feds, so nuanced, it's so multifaceted, but it's scary as hell. And so we've got young men who, again, you know, have been, have been socially and emotionally and physically castrated. And I don't want to, at the risk of sounding like this old dude, you know, like I, I, they, it wasn't the same for us back then. Like we had sure. more of that autonomy, you know, and I think there's a lot of value there. Um, so we can see, I mean, we can see the result in that now by, you know, people's just blind compliance to things and you know what i mean it's like look like like rules are important and there needs to be law and order certainly right but to to just completely never question anything to just accept everything that's that's crammed down your throat is problematic and it's bad for society you know whichever way you feel about however you feel about things you know what i mean like people have their opinions on mask mandates and vaccines and that's like and i don't really give a shit where you stand on that you know what i mean that's your personal choice and you know whatever you need to do to live your life have at it and that is really my point is the freedom to choose to live your life in that way is important and we're we seem to be missing that for a lot of people well shit and even just what you just said I fully agree with you, right? It's that freedom to choose. And I'm like you, wherever you fall on the, on the mask thing, the, the, you know, the vaccination thing on the political spectrum, I truly do not care. I truly don't. There is no emotional. I have my, I have my beliefs in, in all those areas and I'm going to pursue my beliefs, but I'm all always willing to listen to you let me know why you believe differently. And I'm okay with that. I'm not going to lose any sleep over that. I understand that at some point, every single person on this planet, we're going to get down some line of reasoning where we're going to disagree. And that includes my wife, right? I mean, we're going to get to a... Yeah, and then, and then we have to fight each other to the death 
virtually online. We just have to shred each other to pieces because we disagree. That's the only logical, you know. It's you the know. only logical way. I'm going to need to get myself <laughs> in an emotional tizzy, especially <laughs> if I don't know you, right? You're fucking Sally. Yes, that's the best. Sally Pants the, the, 27 comments on my IG, and I got to let it ruin my day. And I'm not going to talk to my children right now because, no, this chick needs to know what's up, right? Let's – you know, no, no, no. I mean, I'm actually going to yell at my children to pipe down so I see I can concentrate on ripping this person a new asshole um, online because that's what is most important. And I'm for sure going to change their line of thinking and win them over to, to my ideology 100%, via yeah. this tweet or comment or whatever. And that's, Absolutely. you know, and, and we're going back to some of the things that we are lacking um, and you can point your the finger at, at a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, probably public school and the, that system being one of them is is the lack of uh, like civil discourse. Right. We we have lost the ability to have rational conversations with other people. Now I think maybe it's better in person. I think we still have that to some degree, but now through you know the, this digital communication that we have. It has gone completely out of the window. Oh, well, that's right. And for and most people, man, that's the majority of, of how the they interact. Conversation they're having, right? Totally. So, yeah, that's exactly right. Especially our young people. Yeah, especially, young people. especially yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a and that's a, you know that adds a whole another layer to this thing of man. And, and you know, it's easy to to look at it like, well, man, kids today, they, you know, we had it much harder and this that, and it's like, well. That's kind of the point. The goal is to make it easier, you know, or, or not necessarily easier, but make life more survivable for the next generation. That's our job. That being said, it comes with, we have to understand that that comes with its own trappings. And so we need to create something to can still push and challenge them in some way, because that, that's an important part of development. And, and that's where I think we're missing out. And that's what's so great about what you guys are doing um, with both your, your virtual, virtual trainings. And then also you guys have a like brick and mortar physical location as well. Right. Right. Yeah. That's exactly it, man. It's, it's, it's exactly what you said. And you know, we want progress, but with every bit of progress, you need to understand how to utilize that guns are around and that's fantastic. You can utilize gun. It's a, a gun. It's a great tool, but there's also a chance for it to go sideways so having this ability to connect virtually and do all this stuff that's fantastic we just need to understand how to use it as a tool so yeah i mean these you know the uh you know the brick and the brick and mortars are all part of this acton academy network which is um you know right now is a globe there's no other way to put it it's a global movement man we've got 270 campuses globally at this point really? we've got, yeah man we have applications in believe it or not to open another eighteen thousand. Um, we will not open another 18,000. Uh, we want to get, you know, a strong thousand. So there's kind of this weeding out process. We're trying to figure out who's right. Who's that's why Tim for me was a no brainer as we sat, you know, we we're sitting down having coffee in Texas and, um, kind of building out this Apogee program. And he goes, man, I got to do one of these schools too. And I'm like, if you want to, like, you're at the front of the line, we'll make it happen right now. He's like, no, I'm, I'm serious about it. Like I want to build one of these brick and mortars. I'm like, cool, man, hold on. Got on the phone and, and we were, it was a done deal right there. Cause he's the right, you know, he's the right kind of guy for it. He's doing it for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. um, so, well, I mean, in terms of like a, a role model or someone to look up to in terms of, uh, walking, walking the walk, you know what I mean? Like, like you're hard pressed to find a guy that has, that, that has, man, checked as many boxes as that dude. You know, and, and, and when we're talking about, you know, our young men, one of the things that for us at Savage Gentlemen that we're trying to get back to is, you know, moving, moving people back to that generalist, right? A jack of all trades, a renaissance man, if you will, as opposed to just being a specialist in one thing, because we're finding now there's a lot of specialists. There's a lot of guys who have just pursued one facet of their being to the exclusion of all else. And now they're looking around and they're like, man, my life isn't very fulfilled for whatever reason. I mean, how many guys do you, do you deal with in the corporate world that are, that are insanely successful? 
I mean, those guys, I would, would wager, have probably made more money than I'll ever see in my lifetime. And yet, they're miserable as fuck. Their life is in the shitter. You know, why? Well, because you're only good at one thing. And, you know, making money is, is good, right? It's great. And, and, you know, I wouldn't snub my nose at making more of it. However, there are, are so many other parts of our lives that, that need attention. And if we're not giving it, we're not going to be fulfilled. And therefore, we're not going to be happy. Um, and so we need to start looking at, I think, a more holistic approach to what it means to be successful in life. So true, man. So true. I, I literally, I tell the story all the time. You know, I was on a, I went, I was doing some, uh, some talks for a bank, um, privately owned community bank, uh, out of the Midwest and, and, uh, multiple locations. And so I was speaking to their staff in multiple States. And so in order to travel from state to state to state, and we were doing two keynotes a day, um, I was on the, the private jet of the owner of the bank. And we're on this jet. And after the last one got done, you know, we're making our last trip home. He's like, man, you know, thank you for doing all this and yada, yada, starts drinking a little bit. And the next thing you know, he is just in tears and he's telling me how miserable his entire life has been because he's grown up. His dad started the whole thing. He then took over for his father. So it's just been laid out before him. Right. Mm -hmm. So he never had any sense of figuring out who it was just this one direction. This is what you're going to do. There was no sense of adventure. There was no sense of purpose. There was no sense of finding out who the hell he was, right? And so he was miserable because of that. So that's exactly what, you know, with Acton Academy as well as with Apogee, you know, the whole goal is for these young men and women or the young men in Apogee to collect experiences, to figure mm -hmm. out who they are, who they want to be by collecting experiences in all of these different realms, build out your you know, your treasure box of things that you have done, people you have met, the network that you have, build all those things out early. You know, it's like a, it's like compound interest for investing, right? And, you know, you're, it's that whole concept of, you know, if this five-year-old invests a hundred bucks and then me at 41 invests a hundred bucks, by the time both of us hit 50, mine's worth shit and his is worth millions, right? It's that yep. whole thing. It's the same thing for experiences that these young people will, invest are able to invest in those very specific experiences and just collect all of this like it separates them far and above from their peers i think again that's one of the downsides that i saw in that public school system is no no it, it doesn't matter that the, yeah i understand that young man goes home and his parents are telling him to be on the porch selling drugs and i understand he's got all these gang members but he really needs algebra right now and i'm just like <laughs> yeah like for sure and that's, that's the most important thing. Actually, I mean, that is a real conversation that I had. I'm like, that sure as hell is not what he needs right but now. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to pass his SOLs um, if we don't get him up to snuff, you know, and get his, uh, you know, what his test scores up. And and I was going to ask, and you you essentially answered it was, all right. Well, we we're all pretty familiar with the model that public schools are following, you know, in trying to quote equip our young people for life. And my question was going to be, what are you guys doing um, that's different? And, and, it's, and you answered it in giving experiences, which, you know, really is, is kind of the whole purpose of, you know, our, our youth and adolescence, right? Is to gain those life experiences in a way that they're not, the, the consequences of our actions are not so dire that it, it you know... <laughs> basically bleeds over to the rest of our life. Like you have to let them make mistakes. You have to have some experience, but you know, it's, it, it's the training wheels to some degree where it's like, all right, we're going to, we're going to push you down the road. We're not going to let you just, you know, totally crash and burn, but you got to fall off the bike a couple of times to know what that feels like. And we're going to, we're not going to catch you every single time. That, dude, that's it. And so, I mean, it's a, it's a great example and, and something you and I are both familiar with as well right is, is jujitsu one of the ex mm -hmm. one of the examples that i use quite a bit um when somebody's like well tell me you know what's what why are you guys so different than traditional school I said, okay look my my boy my son is is five years old right now he came to me a few months ago he's like dad i'm i'm think i'm about ready to get into jujitsu i'm like awesome man so what traditional school would do is say cool you want to learn jujitsu then let's teach you the history of jiu-jitsu let's uh let's let you go in and i need you to memorize 
all the various moves. I want you to memorize all the great jiu-jitsu players of all time. Uh, maybe you're going to make a trifold board, and I'd love for you to do an, you know, an oral report uh, mm-hmm. on, on the history. You're going to do all this stuff. At Acton Academy, we go, cool, man. You're going to do jiu-jitsu. That's a vast difference. Weird. Right? Weird. Weird-ass concept, right? No, you're going to do yeah. that. And in the process of that, you're going to get choked, and you're going to – you know, you're going to get tapped and you're going to get thrown and you're going to get, and all this stuff's going to happen, but you're going to decide, Ooh, I either like this or I don't. And if you do, you are going to work to get better because you want to compete in this. Mm-hmm. We take that concept into everything. Cool, man. You want to learn about entrepreneurship? Guess what? You're going to start a business. Doesn't matter if you're five, seven, 12, 18, you're going to start a business and you're going to take your product or service into the market and see what happens, get feedback, see if you make money, potentially take that into perpetuity, right? You're actually doing those things. Academia still comes, but the academia sometimes is born out of the doing. Sometimes it is, sure. um, you know, sometimes we still utilize traditional, some traditional courses, but it's not going to be from us on campus, right? It's not going to be, we're going to be the mentors along the side that provide you with various options for how to take those courses. So some of our kids are taking math courses through Khan Academy. Some are taking math courses through BYU. Some are taking whatever that looks like because they're setting their own individual academic goals while taking on all these experiences, while also collaborating with the other students on campus for exactly what you said. We give them an opportunity to fail and fail forward. So they every five or six weeks also have a project they need to take on where they collaborate with somebody else. Hmm. And then we put a public exhibition together where we have people from the community, their parents all come in and they're either going to rise or they're going to fall very publicly. But again, like you said, if they fail, they fail forward. They didn't just lose revenue (laughs) life savings. They didn't lose their life savings. They didn't have to get divorced because of it. They didn't have, right. They failed in a safe environment and then can reflect and take the learning away from that. So it is, you know, we talk about the hero's journey all the time. It is truly that hero's journey. Um, it's truly that cycle of having the mentor and coming out and fucking facing some dragons and having some hard shit, but coming out the other side. And it's, you know, our kids are different because of a self-awareness that they've got and a self-confidence that they actually gain because of what they do here. Man, that, that, that is very refreshing to hear. And I'm, I'm very, it gives me a lot more faith in in our future. The fact that okay, we do have some people that are developing some real tangible skills and are, are kind of breaking this mold because clearly, it, what what we are currently doing is not working great for the overall advancement of of humanity. Right? I mean, maybe it's working great for certain people who want it to work the way that they do, and you know, uh, you can you can follow whatever line of conspiracy theory logic to that as you want to. But I mean, you know, there's a reason stuff is the way it is, whether that's negligence, whether it's malintent, I don't know, but the proof is in the pudding where it's like, man, we have a lot of adults that that are broken and, and, and how do we fix it? Right. Of course. Um, they're not happy with their lives. They don't feel what's interesting is they've come through. So you got to remember 90 plus percent, I think it's like 92% of our population has gone through public schools. Mm-hmm. So they've gone through public. So you're talking about the greatest monopoly that we've got in this country where 92% come through. It's free. Usually if something is free and marketed, the human is the product, by the way. Mm-hmm. Right. So they come through this for 13 years and then they come out. They don't know who they are. They don't know what they want to do. And then they feel ill-equipped once they have kids to then educate their own child. They're like, shit, they got to go back through the system that I went through that left me ill-equipped to then teach them, right? So I can't have this. I can't have a, a civil conversation. I don't understand how to eloquently speak to what it is I believe. I don't know how to genuinely listen to somebody else's point of view. If it's different, you're the enemy. All of these things are taking place. And again, it's not just school's fault. I get that. But we're clearly not seeing an uptick in a positive manner as a direct result. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there, there's no positive correlation whatsoever. So we have to start looking at, all right, well, what are the common denominators here and what can we do to improve that? I mean, 
one of the things that, that we're not equipping people with is the ability to be good learners, right? Like school doesn't actually teach you how to learn well. And, and that's a problem because once you get into adulthood and you step into some job or career, no one's going to hold your hand. No one's going to give you study guides and, and, you know, teach things to you in the way that we are used to learning them. And so what you guys are doing with this, this self-taught curriculum, essentially, or not necessarily self-taught, but self-directed um, is probably more accurate. That is how we actually learn things you know, best as human. And I think, you know, you, I'm sure you've done the research where it's been documented the results of, of you know, being dictated what you're going to learn and then self-directed. And man, I mean, there's, there's like eight-year-old kids teaching themselves calculus in, you know, in, in countries in Africa just from a, from a remote laptop that, that stood up, you know what I mean, in town. I mean, that's a legitimate thing. How is that possible? Because, I mean, with the exception of very few eight-year-old, I don't know very many young children that are able to do that here in the U.S. Why? Well, because they don't care about it. They care about other things. Let's feed that. Let's nourish that. And I love that that's what you guys are doing. That's it, man. Yeah, you, you hit the so many nails, man, right there with that. The the Our kids are distracted. You know, our culture is distracted. We're distracted. We're entertained. Um, you know, there's so many other things vying for our attention that that internal drive that really is inherent in the human DNA, right? It gets muted um, and, it, and it gets clouded. And so they miss out on some of that. They miss out on some of those experiences. Um, you know, that that we had partially because we didn't have as many distractions, you know, vying for our attention. And you mentioned, you know, these other countries and you kind of see this stuff play out. If uh, if you or if the listeners haven't seen uh, School in the Cloud, uh, that TED talk mm-hmm. by uh, Sugata Mitra, you've got to see it, man, because it's exactly what you said. You know, it's the remote village in Africa and they just drop this you know, a computer with access to the internet and they've never seen anything like this before ever, never once have seen it. And it just gets dropped there. And, you know, within a very short amount of time, all these eight and nine year olds have learned to, you know, create these videos and record themselves and do all these things. And they end up having them, they don't even speak English, by the way, they end up having all this training in English and they're able to go in and pass college biology courses at a young age in English, right? But just because they're like, this is awesome and they're going to go for it. That's what we're actually capable of. Mm-hmm. And, and we're getting trained out of that, you know? And so the ability to tap back into that curiosity is a huge part of what where learning actually stems from. You know, we always talk, just be curious, man, be curious. It's all those four-year-olds and five-year-olds that are, why? Why, why, why it is continuing that into perpetuity. Right. And so, and then it's also the awareness of now, um, you know, there's an added element of not just being able to learn, but being able to unlearn too, right? Something is no longer relevant. So I don't, I, we don't tell the kids, Hey, we got to figure out how to get these blackberries going. Like it's, that's not even a thing anymore. Right. So, so don't do that. But so many companies, so many people get stuck in the well, this is the way I always did it. And this is the way it was always done. That can also be a dangerous thing. There's value in understanding that, but you also want to be able to unlearn if something is now more relevant and if something is now, um, you know, more uh, apt to give us, you know, progress. And it's the understanding of when to go one way or the other too, which is another nuanced thing, mm-hmm. right? There's so much involved with all of this, man. Um, you can... Fascinating. I, yeah, no, it, it really is. It, it's it's an incredibly complex, um, you know. It, 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 but what's interesting, and going back to another thing that, that you and I have in common, is is a martial arts background. And and I don't know if a lot of our listeners or the potential readers are aware, but you yourself were also a fellow uh, mixed martial artist, cage fighter, as it were. Back in the dark ages, before it was even cool, you were out there uh, chucking knuckles at people and choking them out. And 
Yeah, especially back then. But, you know, I think a testament to this idea of, of holding to tradition, right, can be seen in the realm of mixed martial arts. Because, and, and, and again, you could probably speak to this because you kind of came through that era where guys were so indoctrinated in tradition that they wouldn't deviate much to their own detriment, right? Where it's like, hey man, sorry, this karate kata is not going to cut it when that dude does, is going to shoot a double leg takedown on you and cave your skull in. So you need to adapt. And it's like, nope, I'm only going to do my pure, you know, whatever random ass karate style that you picked up from your sensei in the strip mall um, or, or whatever, not to beat up on karate because, I mean, it's cool. But, you know, it's not always super effective. And if you're not able to adapt, you see what happens. And you saw those guys. You probably fought some of those guys. I was, shit, I was one of those guys, right? Okay, like, you I'm, were that guy. <laughs> that's how I got into it in the first place, dude. So, right? So I grew up, I grew up as, as Taekwondo was a thing, right? Because all I wanted to do, uh, dude, if I'm honest, all I wanted to do was do the splits in between some chairs. You know, I wanted to Van Damme some shit for everybody and just, you know, like that was the cool stuff, right? Um, I wanted to do that, man. So I got, it was Taekwondo uh, and I, I was, you know, got my black belt at, a, at an early age there. And then I was lucky enough to go to a seminar with a guy who actually grew up in my hometown. His name was Dennis Alexio. And Dennis was uh, the world heavyweight kickboxing champion, was the just the man uh, back then as far as kickboxing was concerned. He actually played Van Damme's brother in the movie Kickboxer. So if you remember that curly-haired, mustachioed gentleman. Yeah, um, okay. Yeah, that's Dennis. That's Dennis. I'm pretty sure he's nice. in jail. Now. I'm pretty sure he's in jail, which is cool. But uh, <laughs> he, he uh, he's a bad dude, man. He's from my hometown. So I started kickboxing with him in, in high school. So the stand-up game was strong, man. And kickboxing was the dude, I'm, I'm training with the world heavyweight champ. Right. So I, uh, that's it. So now I'm fast forward a few years and I'm in college and, and, uh, you know, think I'm this swinging dick on campus and, and I'm walking by a mat room and I look in and I see these two guys, you know, kind of, kind of rolling around on the ground a little bit, grabbing at each other's arms. And I'm like, dude, what do these guys do? This isn't wrestling, but they're doing something that looks like it. I'm like, I got to go in and check this out because at the very least, man, I can show them I can scrap. Yeah. Right. And quickly I realized, so these two guys, you know, I'm forever grateful for these two gentlemen. Um, one is named Jason Peets. Jason uh, was one of the original Lion's Den members so he went through the lines then training with uh jerry bolander and mikey burnett and pete williams and some of these ogs of mixed martial arts right so that jason was shamrock was, steel right that was ken shamrock steel yep. yep so jason was one of the original guys uh out of there and he still runs i think norcal mma or something like that he's just he's a rad dude was a phenomenal fighter so it was jason and then a gentleman by the name of pat minahan um, Pat went on to fight for, uh, for AKA out of San Jose. Um, mm -hmm. you know, a couple just bad dudes, man. And I went in there and just got my ass handed to me. Um, and was like, Oh, sh there is a whole lot more to this fighting thing than just standing up, throwing some gloves and, and kicking each other. And that like, it opened up a whole new thing, man. So it was, again, it was pretty early on and all of that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, dude, I mean, that was it. It, it and I had the choice at that point, right? Do I either just sink into my little hole and go over or I'm going to adapt and figure this out and push forward a little bit and just phenomenal, phenomenal experience all the way around. Well, and, and, and so to, to use that analogy and apply it to kind of how our education system is set up, right? Imagine if you had seen that totally ignored it, like you said, climb into your hole, but then still decided, hey, I'm going to pursue this competitively and I'm going to train and fight MMA without paying attention to this other side of the coin, right? What would that have looked like? And that's what we, what we have when we put people out into the real world. We have this very traditional thing, which, you know, there is some use to it. There is some useful tidbits of learning how to write and, and, you know, the inner workings of the English language and mathematics and science and some of the stuff that, that is taught traditionally in schools. However, if we're noticing that every single one of the kids that we put in the cage is getting their asses kicked 
by the guys who were studying something different, this this mixed martial arts, pure, you know, their ground and standing and, and a, a very holistic approach to it, then we have to, you know, we would be foolish to, concede. nope, let's just keep doing that and, you know, maybe one of them will come out ahead. It doesn't work that way and, and it's not working that way and, and you know, this, this, this adherence, the strict adherence to tradition for the sake of tradition is, man, it's, it's really kicking our ass as a society these days. So good, man. Sports are just such a great microcosm for life in so many ways. And it's because you can use analogies like that and people will actually get it. They'll, they'll, they can hear that and go, okay, shit, I guess that makes sense. You know, as things are. Uh, Maybe, maybe. Well, only, only if they have the right life experience to draw from. And this is going back to what you guys are doing, because if they've never trained in Taekwondo or some traditional martial art, and then they've never experienced what it is to grapple and, and, and to be in a full on, you know, no holds barred fight, then it's going to be lost on them. So the solution is either a, we find a better analogy or B get people more experience. And yeah, I that's think exactly right. yeah. ideally, if we could do both, we'd be really successful. We'd be in good shape. Yeah, man, We'd totally. I, think, yeah, I try to try to, you know, find again, trying to meet people where they are when we're talking about this thing, whether it's a couldn't use a sports now, even if it's not mixed martial arts, even if it's a basketball analogy or a mm-hmm. um, you know, business analogy, whatever we can do to try to bridge that gap. You know, one of the things that I talk about a lot that I see all the time is well, our parents come to our open house, right? They're come they're coming here, they're interested in learning more about what we do they're interested in potentially sending their kids here and so we'll fill up our auditorium man and, and i'm actually trying to get them to i'm trying to get them to leave i'm actually trying to scare them away um because i'm actually trying to figure out are you there emotionally and what i mean by that is we can go through these analogies people will intellectually get it they will go yeah absolutely this makes sense everything you're talking about makes sense um i can see the results you know, that we're talking about out here in the world, dude, all of this absolutely makes sense, but they still get very emotional. But, but what about calculus? Like, when are they going to get in and how are they possibly going to write? They're still emotionally attached. How are to, they going to uh, get into college? How are they going to pass their SATs? Holy shit. Right. Like that, that whole, that whole thing still permeates their being. Um, and it's, so it's, you know, got to get that emotional that emotional switch to flip. Yeah, because we know that no no successful human has ever gotten to where they are without the help of at least a four year um, oh, degree. Oh, God. You know? yeah. I mean, everybody it needs can't it. be done. You need, you need it. You need it to be successful and happy, and uh, you know all of those things. Yeah, dude. Obviously, tongue in cheek, but it <laughs> still permeates our culture so bad. Um, are you familiar with Clubhouse with that that app Clubhouse? Uh that's the thing that's like uh it's like super invite only kind of a deal. Yeah. Um yeah, exactly. And so it ends up being kind of a, a you know multi-person conversation other people can listen in. So it's almost like a you know podcast, live podcast almost kind of thing. Cool. Um it's it seems pretty cool. I don't know a whole hell of a lot about it. Um I accidentally clicked on, you know, I got like a notification on my phone um and i accidentally clicked on it and all of a sudden i was in this room and it was a friend of mine who was hosting it and uh he's like oh perfect matt dude i'm so glad you jumped in because this is actually it's like this is right up your alley we're talking the future of education so i'm glad you're here and i'm like oh yeah man wouldn't wouldn't miss it like i totally actually (laughs) you know sitting on my couch um with my kids at the end of the night so um, so I'm like, all right, cool, man. I'm going to stick around a little bit, see what, see what happens. So I ended up being on this thing for like two and a half hours. Um, and it was, it was, my friend is a phenomenal human. He's a brilliant guy. He's got a, a great company based out of Texas. He had also invited, um, a number of people to be in this conversation. So we had the CEO of Coors, uh, the beer company in there. We had the founder of, of Hobby Lobby. We had a couple founders of some venture capital firms. We had all these entrepreneurial studs, then little me, <laughs> and then this professor from Princeton's uh, business school. And so we get into this conversation about 
you know, about education and the future of education. And I, and I started pushing back on the, you know, everybody needs college, everybody needs college. And all these guys are saying, yeah, of course we, you know, we have all these positions that are college degree only. And I said, okay, look, are you looking for specific skills? And the CEO of course, like I'm looking for a very specific skill set. I said, okay, cool. If I could give you somebody that had that skill set and they were just a ninja all the way around crazy work ethic, crazy character, I could prove all that stuff to you. Would you hire them if they did not have a college degree? And he's like, well, no, but our job description says college degree required, and, and that shows their commitment. And I said, does that show it, or does the skill set that we just talked about over here, and if I could show you they built out these other companies, and they, I gave them all this stuff, and he goes, well, then why would I, why would they need, like, why would they want to be employed? And I said, well, a lot of people still want to be employed and work with a mission in a company. Like, they still want that, and he could not wrap wow. his mind around it and i said so all of your guys your top level guys they all have college degrees he's like oh no absolutely not i'm like do you not you see <laughs> do you not see this walking contradiction right like and he just he was he was literally stuttering on the call wow. he could not wrap his mind the cognitive dissonance was so mm-hmm. strong you know and so then of course the mba guy gets on and he's like let me tell you why everybody needs to go to college and he's saying all this stuff and i and eventually i had to stop i said okay man do me a favor. I know you're the you're you're a professor of business. I'm curious. So, how many businesses have you owned and operated? How many businesses have you run? And he says, "I am a professor at Princeton." And I said, "Nito, how many businesses have you run?" Well, zero. But I train all of the. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. okay, hold on. And then he has some very strong opinions on parenting too. I said, "Sir, how many children do you actually have?" None, but I can tell you from the research, and I'm like, this is this is it right here. This People is the problem. This is the problem expert. with academia. That's exactly right. It's the expert who's actually never done the shit they are professing about, telling everybody else how the hell to do things they're actually doing, and that that in of itself is a big issue. Yeah, I mean, and this is where just taking something and, and you know just blindly, right? Because again, man, there's a lot of great learning that that takes place in our college campuses and our universities unequivocally there are people that have you know done a lot of good work as a result of their you know higher learning however to apply this maxim to everyone and say this is the only path is is you know just absurd it is the most you know ridiculous thing and why we why we cling to that so hard is is still beyond me um, but but obviously we do as as evidenced by your conversation yeah. on that on your on that call. Yeah, it's fascinating, man. It's fascinating. So it's you know I think that's that's kind of what we're doing. I talk to new owners that come in and want to run you know the campuses that we are running because we really are a pretty tight network. We really mm-hmm. try to help one another out. And one of the ways that I try to help new owners is you know by jumping on as soon as they come in, they decide they're going to launch wherever they are in the world. I'll try to get on a a quick Zoom call with them, give them some encouragement, but also give them some practical like, hey, here's you're about to get kicked in the nuts and here's what it's going to look like, (laughs) you know. But one of the things that we talk about is the fact that, look, you are essentially engaging in a mission where you're trying to change a religion for most people. You know, it's Mm -hmm. something that has got religious hold on so many people so when you're going in and saying look we're building a different building don't bother trying to tear down the building that exists try to build the bigger building but you have to understand you are literally trying to take people away from a religion um and and you don't always need facts to stick with your religion it's more about the upbringing and the indoctrination or it's about feel it's the feel perception Yep. Uh, you know, there, there's a very strange phenomenon when it comes to humans, and I don't know, there's probably um, a specific name for it, this, this effect, but when it comes to certain experiences, right, we, we tend to hold this belief, well, if it was good enough for me, and I mean, I turned out pretty awesome because look at me. Then, you know, what, are you too good for whatever? Yeah, I mean, look at me. I went to public school, and I'm fucking badass, right? So the rest of you should be fine with it as well. I, I And I don't know. I don't know if that's some, some a weird pride thing, um, if there's something else at play. But we, but we see it a lot, and it's like, man, not everyone has to conform to your experiences. 
just because you did this thing and you have a what you would consider a good life doesn't mean that that is you know the way everyone else needs to do it and and if the if and if the evidence is to the contrary that's the thing too it's like well look if we if we go completely off the rails and we just let everyone do whatever they want all the time you know what i mean with no rhyme or reason well that's probably going to be problematic there is you know there are some left and right limits that we should probably stay within for the most part uh for a successful society but man if you can point to empirical evidence that points to the contrary when you talk to the ceo and he tells you that most of his executive level c-suite type people actually don't have college degrees and he still needs every single person that works for him what what you know man we've got a again i think this comes back to a lack of um processing information we're, we're not good at learning new things like i don't know what the hell you know how we how we get stuck in these loops but man i know it's it's i think it's an issue with our egos and and you know it's an issue with i i fully think the majority of people live in in fear um in the majority of the of the spaces that occupy their life i mean i really i really do and people don't and again fear itself is not a bad thing you know we had tony blower just gave a freaking master class on fear to our young guys in apogee um you know so it's not something that anybody is immune to but understanding how to identify it operate within it when it's valid to to have fear be present when it's not um you know i think all of those things are 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 a piece of why we we continue down this weird road um, where we refuse to see the evidence that's before us. It's a strange. It is. It's a strange thing. We're a mess. <laughs> yeah. No, there, I mean, there's so many issues that we. I mean, when you talk about people being broken, I don't like to necessarily default to that, even though it is true, right? I, I don't like to look at that through that through the lens. I'm I'm um, maybe foolishly too optimistic about things. But man, we we are pretty fucked up, like all of us, and 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 whether we want to admit it or not, you know, we we all have some baggage and some things that we need to to work through. And these emotions, like fear, like sadness, man, they are actually very useful tools. They tell us when something needs to be looked at and in, in scrutinized in a way, you know. So we can either sweep them under the rug. Or we can say like, yeah, why am I so against um, you know, people not going to college? Or why why is this a problem for me? Why why am I so married to the idea of public school? But I mean, it takes a bit of effort, right? We have to do some introspection, and then we have to actually think some thoughts, which most of us don't want to do. We just want to be told what to think and what to say, and continue to swipe and scroll, right, and just consume. But man, if we could take take a little bit of time every once in a while to actually entertain a few thoughts, um, apply some logic and reason. It'd be, I'd be amazed to see what we could actually come up with. Um, yeah. It'd be a whole different world, man. Cause the reality is like you said, we're all, I mean, everybody's got some, some baggage, everybody's got some shit, but I think equally on the other side too. And this is where I'm, I'm very much with you on the optimistic side, right? Like everybody's people are messes. Equally, though, I really do believe people are geniuses, you know, mm -hmm. each, each person. I really do believe that. That's one of the core beliefs. It is the core belief for everything we're doing with acting. John Taylor Gatto, who's one of the greatest educators of all time, said, you know, he found that genius was as common as dirt. Um, we just trained it out of ourselves, right? And yep. so, um, you know, I think there is, I think both of those are there, but we'll just sit in this other, this, this sadness part. We'll sit there. And then all of the things that are begging us to come find this genius, that's where we get back into, you know, kind of full circle to where we started this in the first place is we're so distracted from that, so distracted from our own thoughts, from our, our own introspection, you know, developing any of our own self-awareness, which means we never actually develop self-confidence. Like there's so many things now begging us to just get away from ourselves um, that we're, that we are suffering on an individual and cultural levels. So for you guys, I mean, and I guess, I mean, obviously you're doing it with, with everything that you're involved in with the, the action, um, Academy and with the, I'm going to mess it up. The 
Apogee. Yep. Words are hard sometimes. <laughs> they are. Uh, so, uh, you know, so you guys are working on that. What what can the rest of us do? You know, I mean, uh, obviously a good recommendation would be if you have kids and you have one of these um, places nearby or, I mean, hell, Part of me was like, man, I kind of just want to move to where one is so I, so I can put my kids, you know, man, I've got kids too. And I'm looking at, okay, the next 12 years or so, man, uh, you know, I, how, you know, how much do I play that line? I mean, and I have to take my own personal responsibility. You know, my wife and I, we're, we're pretty heavily involved in their education. I think that's part of the problem too, is we put the onus completely on the public school system Whereas in my mind, it's like, all right, they're going to teach them some things, but it's really up to me and up to, up to us as parents to build that character. School isn't going to teach them how to be a good person and how to be successful. It's going to teach them how to, you know, operate in the space um, that the world is today. But man, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be successful. That means some other things probably um so so i have to take yeah so i have to take some ownership there but you know in addition to that what are some suggestions that you you may have for folks that um are concerned and are looking for options yeah i mean i think part of what you were alluding to there too is you and your wife are leading by example right and that's one of the that's one of the things that we talk about when I, when I'm saying I'm trying to get these parents to, to leave. Um, I'm trying to make it very, very clear that, um, their kids would be fine for the most part at, at our schools. They need to lead by example though at home. Mm-hmm. We've got to have that same message, right? We talk about that hero's journey. So for, for, for parents and for gentlemen that are, you know, gentlemen that are listening and they're trying to raise good young people, you leading by example day in and day out is, the biggest part of all of this. I always say kids are going to do, your kids will do what you do before they ever do what you say, period. (laughs) Right? So you leading by example in your own life, you opening doors, you treating people the right way, you saying yes, sir, no, sir, you saying yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, you um, pushing yourself forward and then being open and honest going, man, we've got, you know, here's what daddy's working on right now. This is really tough. It doesn't matter if they fully understand it. You're having these adult level conversations do not you know i'm not a big proponent of treating kids like little kids i look at them as right. fully capable they're not learning how to be a human they are human they're learning <laughs> how to be a good person or not based on who you are right so leading by examples and always and bringing them alongside of you this old adage you know that you and I mean, our culture our generation i guess i should say grew up with i don't know what it looked like in your house but it was very much um, you know, you don't talk about sex. You don't talk about religion. You don't talk about politics. Um, you definitely don't. You don't ask mom and dad about finances. You don't act, like shut your mouth unless you're spoken to. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's led to a whole bunch of adults that don't know how to talk about anything right? at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I, avoiding that, right? Like having those conversations. That's a big part of it. And, 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 and there was, there's so many, I mean, generationally, right. Where, you know, children were meant to be seen and not heard. And, you know, all of these, all of these taboos where we, you know, you wonder why we're not good at, at conflict resolution. Well, we're not, we, we, we were taught to just avoid conflict altogether and not have tough conversations. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're learning what sex is by, you know, Pornhub. And it's like, well, I hate to break it to you, champ, but um, most chicks don't like to be spit in their mouth, you know, or fill in the blank, right? Just to use a very mild example, um, you know, you, you're gonna, you may run into some some surprises when you try to pull off whatever maneuver you you happen to see on that OnlyFans channel you're watching. No uh, doubt. Um, no doubt. And, that's, <laughs> but that's it. Dude, that's it. Like, they're that's that's exactly right. You know, it's so bringing kids in. You know, people are surprised when they. We just had our our 
business fair. My kids are 10, 8, and 5. You know, we just had our business fair here on campus. Again, all of our students start businesses. They either start a business or they bring one into perpetuity every single year, bar none. That's one of the things that we do. And so my uh, my two oldest are, are girls, my my five-year-olds, my, my little guy. Um, but the girls decided this year they wanted to try a marketing angle and they wanted to try marketing business and they're like okay well you know what the, the fairs we get business fair we got a thousand people that show up but there's really never a lot of food so what we want to do is we, we want to get food trucks here we'll see if we can call and negotiate to have some food trucks come we'll do some advertising for them we'll create commercials for them create flyers do some social media commercials all these things and then we'll see if we can do that drive business to their trucks and then we'll negotiate a percentage of what they make mm -hmm. that day and we'll see how that you know we'll see how that goes cool nice. and they get on, right and so then they get on the phone and it's hey you know my name is and this is this is who i am and this is what we're doing and here's how i'd like to invite you and i just you know i heard some of the phone calls as they're doing this the people get a hold of me afterwards the food trucks do and they're, they're emailing the school not even knowing that they're emailing dad they just know they're emailing the school right and they're just like uh what just happened a 10 year old and eight year old just called and it was the more it was more professional than anything i get with adults right and this is the status quo for all of our students out here in general but my kids get it all the time because i have never not treated them like a young adult mm -hmm. they they listen to me have these kind of conversations these are the conversations that when we meet somebody they know they walk up they say hi how are you this my name is you know loud and nice to meet you and they're shaking hands because this is how we've led in the home Mm -hmm. And so parents making that just an absolute priority to, to be that human all the time so that they can see that is huge. And then auditing your kids too, man. Parents, parents, it goes back to that fear thing. Parents like to parent based on is my, is my mom or dad going to think I'm being a good parent to their grandkid? Is the next door neighbor going to think I'm a good parent, right? I got to make sure they go to that, go to Harvard and get mm -hmm. that Harvard bumper sticker because that shows, you know, Tom and, and Jenny down the street that I'm a good parent too. Um, you know, it's, it's all of this cultural bullshit versus auditing who your kid actually is. What is their strength? What are their weaknesses? What are they interested in? You know, what kind of responsibilities can I give them as early and as often as possible? Um, we're, we're a little backwards on that. We're missing the boat on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and a lot of that comes down to honesty which we, we and, and authenticity. Well, those two are tied in together, right? To be authentic, we have to be honest with ourselves. And we've, we've gotten really good at um, disillusion, right? Because we, we can now craft whatever narrative we want to and project that onto the world and they'll never be the wiser. So we can, you know, create this very step forward like, um, view of our life, you know, to the outside person when man, all is not necessarily well. And that stems from the individual where, Hey, all actually isn't well within, but I'm going to project that everything is freaking peachy keen, man. And I'm, you know, I'm driving the right car and I've got the right, you know, job. But like you said, the, you know, this, this, this high level banker, absolutely miserable. And, and, you know, how do we get there? Well, we're not being honest. We're telling ourselves, Hey, everything's fine when it isn't. And so, you know, these audits need to happen with ourselves so we can then accurately do that with our children and, and man, you know, actually apply the medicine appropriately. We don't want to take it because we don't want to acknowledge that it's there, but man, we, we sure could use it in a lot of areas. No, well said, man. The first, we have 11 rules in our house in the very first one. And the rules are rules that I hold, you know, it, that's not just mom and dad hold the kids accountable to the rules. The kids also hold mom and dad. This is, it's a mm. thing that goes every single way. Like, I hate that more than anything. When my kid catches me breaking our own thing, I hate it. Oh, too man. And I love it afterwards, but yeah, the, right <laughs> the moment you're like, damn it. Yeah, dude. hundred. Yeah. You um, got me. You got, got me. me. But that first rule for us, man, is to be honest, start with and start with yourself. 
right? Mm -hmm. So it's multifaceted. It's not just we don't lie. We just we don't lie. We don't lie to our kids. Our kids don't lie to us. We don't lie to each other. We just don't do it. But most important is foundationally, like you said, we don't lie to ourselves. If something's going on, we're let's get to that introspection. Let's figure out what's happening. Um, we got to be honest with ourselves if anything is gonna if anything is gonna come out of it. Man, that's huge. I mean, that's that's such like a, a much needed word of wisdom um, now more than ever it seems. And and um, yeah, I, I I hope that you know that's something that is taken to heart. You know, hopefully we've got some young men and women listening. We've got some some parents of some young men and women that are you know, taking some of these ideas and, and maybe just reevaluating where they're at. It's like, look, no one's here to beat up anybody. We're all, we're all trying to figure it out together. You know, I, I am the first one to tell people like, Hey, don't follow me. Cause I'm fucking lost, man. I, I don't know where I'm going. I'm making it up as I go along. Right. Just cause, just cause I have a podcast and a, and a company and you know, a few followers on Instagram doesn't mean I know shit about shit, you know? If, if something I say resonates, great. Um, but it's not gospel. And, and you know, we, we tend to put too many people up on a pedestal unduly because they have a check mark next to their name or whatever. Whatever the, the, the um, you know, uh, signifier. Yeah, whatever. Um, but, you know, hopefully they're, they're, they're ch checking this out. They're, they're taking some notes. They're, um, hopefully we've piqued their interest into what, you're doing where where are some places that people can learn a little bit more about what you guys have going on that's awesome man yeah honestly so acton academy acton academy.org um is gonna you'll be able to go and look up kind of see where everybody is globally um the the umbrella under which i operate is acton placer so same acton and then it's placer.com uh, you can see all the campuses that we're doing and then uh, the mentorship program that that tim and i are running is apogee strong dot com um, we've got young men from all over the world man and it is uh you know it is a rad thing we've got young men that are in there and using that as kind of their primary foundation for homeschooling we have some that are in school full-time um, but just being a part of this we have some that are working full-time so wow. it's, you know, it's a it's a doable it's a doable thing it, it really is just good men pouring into young men so either of those places are great places to go man that's that's super cool and like i said it's it's very refreshing to know that you guys are out there doing it and i didn't realize how many freaking schools you had i was only aware of the of the placer one i didn't realize man you guys were all over the place which even gives me even more um you know faith that that hopefully we can start making some some positive changes in the world around us so man you're, you're doing the lord's work sir we are getting we are getting at it man we want it to be a household name soon you know we've got we've got our gary v's and seth godens and a couple of these guys saying hey actons are the only thing that makes sense for education in the 21st century which does not hurt wow. we've got kind of a documentary you know uh on tap here coming up with some pretty well-known filmmakers so it's it won't be long man before before people really know what's going on here and, and um to be at the the forefront of that and spearheading that whole thing is is it's a it's a great mission to be a part of so yeah yeah well i dude i really appreciate you coming on and taking the time to chat about this it's it's always a pleasure to uh sit down and, and learn about what you're doing and pick your brain a little bit and so so matt really appreciate it man oh pleasure is mine sir i always love what you're doing man i got nothing but respect for you and and um, just who you are anytime i get to collaborate with you is a is a win in my book so thank you brother excellent excellent and so for you guys listening at home Go check him out. Like, do yourself a favor. Do your kids a favor. Do the world a favor. Go look into the stuff that he's doing. You can read more about this as well on Chest Magazine. Uh, it's going to be a new venture coming out. We'll be putting out an article with this and probably a link back to the episode. So check that out. Thanks for the support. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you next time.